0: This is Annette Abena, and welcome to Diaspora Talks. Diaspora Talks is a podcast connected Africa's fastest growing businesses with the diaspora. Who are Africa's most exciting businesses? Who are the entrepreneurs behind the brands? Where are the opportunities for us to invest? I started this podcast to bridge the gap between the diaspora and Africa by telling the stories of African founders globally. You can hear these stories on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud and all other major podcasting platforms. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Annette Abena and welcome to Diaspora Talks. Now, I know many of us, including myself, are looking to build and are building digital businesses, often alongside our full-time jobs. Um, and would like to take the next steps in order to scale these businesses. Now, my next guest is in the business of supporting digital entrepreneurs to do just that. So welcome, Afua Osei, who I'm joined with. Hello, hello everyone. And thank you
1: so much, Annette, for having me. I am grateful. And I'm gonna try my best not to imitate your accent. It's just something that happens when I get around British people I just like I just I know the spirit I don't even know what out. that was but British. I don't know <laughs> I, I was trying to just not use any t's British <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm telling you I'm gonna tell my best not to do it so okay. pray for
0: us all right noted noted I wouldn't mind but noted <laughs> um yeah so I'm really excited that you can join us um I initially talked about the fact that you are supporting digital entrepreneurs but I will give my audience a little bit more of an insight into yourself before we get into it so AFWA is a partnership strategist helping digital entrepreneurs build the skills experience and the confidence to work with corporate clients of their dreams um, and she's the, also the co-founder of She Leads Africa which is a digital lifestyle platform for millennial multicultural women um, and this community boasts more than 800,000 women across the globe um, and across a 100 plus different countries. And um, in addition to building this thriving community, AFWA has also um, secured international partnerships from the likes of Facebook, Unilever, Samsung, just to name a few. So this is someone who has the accolades and knows who she, what she's talking about. And actually, yeah. if you are a follower of AFWA already, you know she drops many, many gems. So I'm hoping we can get them in this conversation. Um, But yes, Afua, I've I've given you a glowing introduction. Is there anything you want to add? And and actually, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about you on a personal level, your journey into um, business in Africa in particular, and how you've got to where you are today.
1: Yes. Well, if you're following me on Instagram, please don't tell my mother or any aunties, because, you know, that is my place to have fun and show a bit of personality but I think at a high level my career has really just been driven by I want to do cool things yeah I will I want to learn and I want to have an impact and Mm -hmm. that's how I see the connection all the way through I actually studied political science and then I designed my own major around black studies because I wanted to learn more about Black people in school. And I'm like, I'd rather learn about them than everybody else. I worked in politics. I traveled overseas. I've done so many different random things. Yeah. Because I guess the first piece of advice that I'd share is that where you're starting from in no way, shape, or form determines where you're going to get to. And all of those skills, talents, and expertise that you have, that you've experienced over the course of your career, will come together to help you achieve what that purpose or vision that you have. Don't discount any of those experiences because they will help you. I had no intention to be an entrepreneur. The opportunity came before me and I saw there was a problem that I wanted to solve. And magically, all my experience in politics and working in media and having to hustle and learning how to be on the ground You know, when you work on political campaigns and you're working for a candidate that nobody knows, you're starting from scratch. And so being able to translate those experiences to the new thing absolutely helped me. But they all come together
0: and eventually you're like, wow, okay, I'm doing this really cool thing. Who would have thought? Yeah, amazing. I love that. And I think um, that will definitely resonate with a lot of people in my audience, just because many of us are starting off in our careers and want to get to a place where we are actually doing things that we are passionate about and that we love doing. And we can actually wake up in the morning and feel motivated to do. Um, but everything is a stepping stone, like you're saying. Um, but tell me, um, obviously, you currently, you've worked in Africa, you've worked in African markets, um, but obviously judging by accent, um, you grew up elsewhere. Um, so what is your background in that sense?
1: Well, I thought my accent was really blending in, but apparently not. <laughs> okay, I am the best daughter. I'm the best daughter of Ghanaian immigrants who moved to the United States. So I grew up outside of Washington, D.C., yeah. born and raised. And I actually thought that was going to be where I spent my life. That's where I thought I was going to build my career. At the time, I was really interested in real estate development, urban housing, that's such an important issue, affordable housing. And that's it. I thought I was going to do that and work in politics. And I had the opportunity to be challenged by a business school classmate who said, well, you really want to make an impact. Why don't you think about doing that in Africa? Mm. And I said, well, sir, mind your business. (laughs) But I ended up, Going to Lagos, Nigeria for a summer internship. I was drinking champagne on rooftops. Mind you, this was before the currency. You know, this was before currency. Right, okay, I'm going to say it. This is old school enjoyment. But I just, I was inspired and connected to so many other smart, ambitious people. These are people who also grew up all over the place. This is when the returnee term really started popping off and people were really excited about using all of their backgrounds, their education, their skills to try and do something different on the continent and I had a really great time and I saw that there was a space where I could make an impact. And so I I come I came to the space with humility. So it was like yes, I had this experience. Yes, I'm pretty good, right? I think that sometimes as people who grew up in the diaspora, we're like, oh, we don't want to show out. We want to be humble and we don't want anyone to think that we're trying to come and take over. Absolutely, I think that's a really smart approach. But I also think you shouldn't discount The fact that you're good, you're smart, you're talented, you've had these experiences and you just want to treat everyone with respect. And that's how I came into the space. I ended up moving to Lagos full time, lived there for seven years, traveled all across the continent as a management consultant and then as a startup founder and had a really
0: incredible time. Amazing. Yeah, I want to get into all that um, in a little bit more detail, especially how you struck the balance between coming into this market with humility, but also having the confidence to, you know, state your claim and to, to build something which you have. Um, but before that, what I wanted to do is ask you um, a question that I want to ask all my guests, um, which is around myth busting. So on this podcast, I'm all about educating, you know, um, transparency when it comes to particular industries, um, p- particularly in within the African markets. So what I wanted to ask you is if you could just share like one common myth about what you do, which is of course, partnerships and community building in Africa, um, that you would like to dispel. Ha ha. (laughs) The
1: top myth myth that I would dispel is that you can make easy money. Mm. I, I think, Many people assume that because you created an audience that you somehow have a business,
0: Mm. and that
1: actually is not the case. It especially isn't the case in comparison to our peers in Europe, in the UK, in the States, even in Australia, where direct payments from your customers are so much easier it's very challenging to get money from your consumers and i also started doing this work in 2013 2014 and this was before all of the famous fintech startups that you know like before they were really popping failure rates were 60 sometimes 70 yeah. percent you couldn't get money from people in different countries and so the first thing that i the most important thing is please do not equate a digital audience with a sustainable business model, because a sustainable business model means you have a way of delivering value and extracting payment. And that's very challenging for many of us on the continent, especially if you have the desire to be Pan-African. And that's my thing. I'm all about global brands, global relationships. If you're coming from the diaspora, there's no reason why you shouldn't be thinking at a higher scale There's no reason why you shouldn't be thinking about the connections between countries, but it'll be very challenging for you to get money from Zimbabwe and Mm -hmm. Angola and Kenya Mm -hmm. and Egypt and Mozambique and Cote d'Ivoire and Senegal from one single place. You will probably be utilizing seven to 10 different type of payment platforms, different types of APIs because it's not integrated. So that's just, you know, my inspirational myth busting there that uh, for anyone who's like, yeah, okay, I have a lot of followers on Instagram where my TikTok is popping. That's fantastic. But you have to really push yourself to think about how do I make this a business model and make sure I'm actually able to generate revenue for consistent growth.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's real. I think, um, yeah, for a lot of us, we it's difficult for us to get used to a different type of environment um and shape what we're used to um in like you mentioned the uk the us for instance um things don't translate as easily um on the continent and i think that's the kind of transparency that we want to hear and you're all about that you're all about supporting digital entrepreneurs to translate their audience their brand into tangible sustainable businesses so i want to get into that um so I know I introduced you as a partnership strategist, as well as the co-founder of She Leads Africa. Um, So you are partnership strategist in your own right and a business growth coach. Um, So what has motivated you um, to support entrepreneurs, particularly women in Africa and in the diaspora firstly? In 2012,
1: when I first went to Lagos, I had an incredible experience. I loved it. I was a business school student at the University of Chicago and I was just having fun, good times all around. But I started to notice some differences between the access to information, resources, and opportunities between myself being a business school student and some of my peers and the networks that I was developing in the city. Both of us were smart, right? Mm -hmm. Me versus my colleague were both smart, both passionate, both talented, both ambitious. But you will get a very quick reality check when you leave school the real, and you enter the real world and you realize that you, it doesn't matter if you're smart and talented. That mm-hmm. actually is not one of the major ways that your success is determined. I know we like to believe that, but it's a very different environment and you have to know and understand the landscape mm-hmm. for you to figure out how to be successful. And I saw that there was a difference in information. There's mm-hmm. a difference in access to know this is how you position yourself at work. This is how you build relationships in your industry. If you're running a business, this is how you get in front of investors. This is how you talk about your pitch so that people have confidence in you and they want to invest in you. And I was like, wow, as a business school student, I'm getting the insights because that's what you pay for. You're paying for that access. You are paying for that brand name. You're paying for there to be an entire staff to be around here supporting you to make sure that you get a job or your business is successful. But I realized there are lots of people, millions and millions and millions of people, especially black women who don't have access to that. And what happens is that when they get into the workforce, when they're, starting, when they're starting to grow their businesses, they do not have the same access to information and they're starting behind. And I just said, how can I utilize my networks, my skills, the information that I've gained to help close that so that regardless of where you live, who you are and who you know, you can still find success along your journey. I don't think everyone is supposed to build a billion dollar company. Not everyone is supposed to be a super famous YouTuber. Mm-hmm. However you define success, it shouldn't be just because you don't know how to do that. That keeps you from that. Yeah. It should be, here's the information. And then if you still have the drive, the talent, the ambition, you go and do that. But I just see like, there's so many quick wins that people could be achieving if they just knew how to do it. So that's where it came. I saw a problem. I was like, mm, I don't like this. Let me see what I can do on a really small and tangible scale to help close that. And then magically somehow it blew up and
0: became a big deal. Right, right. And that's yourself and your co-founder decided to build the community, which we know now as Shidi's Africa, right? Yes, there was a different
1: name. So I first started it by myself and I did an event in Accra and I actually went through my business school, Social New Venture Challenge. So that was a business plan competition for people who wanted to do social impact. So if anybody is still in school, if they're in uni or they're pursuing a master's, look for opportunities in your school to learn and grow. And even though the judges in that competition were real mean to me, (laughs) they still, you know, business school still be trying to use my name on the magazine, like, you know, I'm one of the successful alumni. I'm like, I was planning? But, <laughs> but you know, that experience was still helpful and still useful because, you know, I learned, I better understood it. it, helped me refine what was gonna work, what wasn't gonna work. It taught me a lot about how do you find and build the right team, so I had this idea, tried it by myself, tried it again in business school. It flopped a bit, you know, let's be honest, all these things, they'd be flopping. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a full-time offer as a, as a consultant, and I ended up doing that. And while I was a consultant, I said, okay, I still want to bring this back up. And that's when, uh, thankfully, I found a business partner who was like, you know, if you're up to anything, let me know. And I said, well, I actually have this project that I've decided to
0: pick back up and I'm working on it. And the rest is history. Amazing. So help me understand then. So um, you, you firstly talked about the fact that you grew up just outside of Washington, D.C. You have a Ghanaian background. Um, how did we end up um, in Lagos um, and, and what kind of I mean that transi- transition must have been quite challenging um, to say the least because of course as we know Africa is not a country every market is different so how did you navigate that space and start to build that community in a country which I guess you were not familiar with
1: Honestly, my mother doesn't understand how I did it either. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Everyone is shocked and confused. Yeah. I you hope seven years. I was like,
0: Damn, <laughs> like, I know, I know. <laughs> I
1: hope it gets me some street cred. I hope people start treating me better. I hope I actually get some respect out here. I really hope that. Honestly and truly, I just took it one day at a t- time. Honestly, I ended up in Lagos because I was late to apply to an internship program. So, so wow. God's hand yeah. was on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. I was late to apply to an internship program. I applied, obviously, for Ghana first, because that's very standard. You know, that's easy enough. Mm-hmm. And they said that there are no more slots left in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And, but if you still want to do this internship program, you have to go to Lagos. And I had never been. I actually didn't even really have any Nigerian friends, mm-hmm. honestly, at the time. It's so funny. People are like, there are so many Nigerians in, in yeah. the and I'm like, well, I don't know them i mean there was one family growing up that we went to primary school with but i didn't have any like i had had a couple in high school but none very active at the time so i was just like "Mm." my mother was like no don't go there i watched their movies (laughs) i watched their movies and i said who told you to be watching those movies (laughs) and so i it was literally and they were like if you want this internship you have to do it and by the time I was applying i already was late in the internship cycle so there's no way i couldn't have an internship you can't be a business school student and not have an internship at all so i just went for it and in all fairness i am actually that kind of person right and i so it's not as if this was my first time overseas over the course of my life i have lived worked and traveled in more than 40 different countries so it's not like i was like this is my first time traveling overseas no i lived in malaysia for nine months as a fulbright scholar traveled all across southeast asia been to costa rica like i'd be on planes but this was very different because i was by myself and i was going to a country that you know had a bit of a reputation at the time so at the time as if it's not still there (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was
0: it was about seven or so years ago right yes seven to ten years ago so even still yeah that that's quite significant yes indeed wow actually it was nine years at this
1: time yeah is it yeah, it was nine years ago at this time, yeah, when I first went there. So, uh, so that was it. And I just had to say, okay, sis, you know what, it's gonna be a three-month internship. If you don't like it, you come back, you go back to school, you'll be fine. But the way I try to look at these things is like you never know what new opportunity is going to absolutely blow your mind yeah. and is absolutely yeah. going to connect you to the people that you're supposed to be connected to. And that's what it was. If I did not have that summer internship, if I didn't have that good experience, I would have never been able to see the problem that I wanted to solve with She Africa and so many other things unfolded from that. So it absolutely was God's plan. And it, I got there in a roundabout way, but it totally changed the entire trajectory of my life and of my career and of the impact that I could create. So, friends, and I also want to say is I think that as diaspora people, many times our initial belief is that we need to go back to our home country or our country from where our parents are from. I don't believe that. I think impact can be created wherever. And you also have to think about your professional experience and where you want to be that's going to really enable you to thrive. Maybe some of us need to go to Johannesburg. Some of us might need to go to Nairobi or to Abidjan or Dakar. Or wherever else that we need to go to, and not feel as if because your name is pronounced a certain way or you have the ethnic heritage that so that's where you need to go. Yeah. I think we also should be feel just as free to explore the continent as all these other people do mm-hmm. that be flying in from these other countries.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my absolutely. opinion on that. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you touched on just the way you are in that you are, you are free, you are open and you've always been open to opportunities and you've lived in different places. So I'm hoping people that are listening to this feel encouraged to to take those opportunities when they have the capacity and and the privilege to do so. Um, You also touched on impact, which is what I wanted to get some more insight on. So you've helpfully, um, you know, talked about what problem you're solving with She Leaves Africa and how you've got to where you are today. Um, But help me to understand as well, you know, what kind of impact are you having um, within your community? I know from my own experience that with Shili's Africa, um, you put on events, um, support um, female entrepreneurs with raising funding, um, also support with, like you said, with business coaching as well, getting them to a point where they are from idea stage to scaling. Um, so what kind of things are you seeing with the impact that you're making with She Leads Africa? And if you have any particular stories that you'd like to share with us, that'd be really helpful too.
1: Ultimately, when I think about SLA, my desire is for people to see that they are not alone yeah. and that their dreams, their aspirations, their intentions are valid. And that just because they were born in a certain kind of place and just because they might not see other people doing it, it doesn't mean that they can't do it themselves. Right. How we do that will continue to evolve and change. That'll continue to change as the world changes. You know, we are not outside no more. We can't do events, right? So things will continue to evolve. But at the core, the question that I would want all of our team members to ask themselves and as the brand continues to grow and ex- expand beyond me and my partner is to say, how can we make things easier for a young woman who wants to pursue her goals? Yeah. How can we make things easier for a young woman who wants to build generational wealth? How can we make things the easier for someone who wants to change their own community and change the way that other people like them are living? That's ultimately it. And that's what we use to really drive and evaluate what success looks like. I mean, let's be real. We are a business as well. And so as a business, right, you want to measure your impact by are you able to be sustainable? you paying bills on time, you know, people getting their salaries paid. And thankfully for us, that has not been a problem. And that's something that we're also excited about being able to create an institution in a company that people can work at people can go at, and people can move on from to continue to get access to great opportunities and to build themselves as leaders in their field. So that's at a very high level. I think on a specific note, right, there's all kinds of DMs and all kinds of stories and people saying, oh, I watched this and I got this idea and I was so encouraged. And so that absolutely exists. But what, I, but what I really get excited about is just people saying, hey, you know, I was scrolling and I wasn't having a good day or I doubted myself. And I saw the content. I saw this interview and it just, it reminded me that things are possible. And that, I think, is the greatest gift that we can give to our community is to let people know that it's possible. You can do it. Your sister can do it. Your auntie can do it. The ideas that people have told you about what you're capable of are false. The ideas that people have told you about what African women should be doing, they are false. That you, too, should be able to find freedom, however it is that you define it, and however it is that you want to live that out. So that's what success and impact looks like for me as I think about the work that I've done so far and what I hope the business continues to do moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think even just from a per- personal perspective, um, I came across Shili's Africa a few years ago when I started to create content around um, Africa and business, etc. cetera. Um, it was one of the few platforms that I did see around that were doing Things of that nature. And I remember going to the Shili's Africa London event as well, which was incredible. And I must say the connections that I met, I, I made there, I still use them now, um, have made very good friends. So the community is popping definitely. Um so I encourage everyone to, I guess, subscribe and connect with the platform as well as AFWA. Um, but just to I guess come to a close with our conversation wanted to end on some advice for people that are listening and throughout this conversation, I must say you drop gems throughout, which is what you always do. So that's great. Um, But just to pinpoint a couple of things. um, So I, I mentioned that, you know, you are supporting um, digital entrepreneurs in your own capacity to build partnerships with corporate clients. Can you firstly, um, I guess, just as initial introduction to what you do and how you work, um, just give like three pointers to someone who's listening right now and thinking, damn, I would really like to work with corporate clients, but I don't know where to start. How can they get started? What should they be doing right now?
1: First and foremost, my underlying belief is that you don't have to be an influencer and you don't have to be famous to work with corporate clients. I think for some reason, maybe because of social media, we have a skewed our minds to say that the only people that can work with brands are people who are doing marketing campaigns. Yeah. And that's absolutely false. So the first thing is to remove that limiting mindset and that fake news from your head. It's not true. Absolutely, it's not true. Every single department in a corporate organization is looking to improve. They're looking to increase their revenue. They're looking to increase their talent retention. They're looking to recruit wonderful new people in the organization. They're looking to do all kinds of things. So if you have a skill, a talent, or a level of expertise, you can work with corporate clients. That's important. The first piece of advice I'd give is you have to be good, honestly and truly. Can you? Can people just be good? I think that People think that just because you open one little Instagram page or just because you got one little camera that somebody should be paying you for something. I don't know about that. I, I don't know about it. Maybe somebody else could talk to you about it, but I don't know anything about that. What I know is that when you are good at what you do, people will want to work with you. Mm-hmm. When you are able to solve a problem for someone else, when you are able to deliver business impact, people are interested in learning more. And that is really important. Take the time to be good to track your progress, to track your performance, and to be able to clearly communicate and articulate Mm -hmm. how you can deliver business impact. That's it. The second piece of advice that I'd give is that relationships come before the pitch. So many people just send it out, random emails, random DMs, let's collaborate, I'll work with you, let's collaborate. I don't even know what collaborate means, honestly and truly, in this day and age. You don't have to do all of that get to know who people are, understand what's important to them, and co-create how you can be of service. And when you do that a couple of times, you'll start to identify your niche problem, you'll start to identify your niche potential customers, and you'll start to identify the types of companies that you actually want to work with. I know right now there are some people I would never want to work with because they're just going to bring me stress. Like, Forget the money. They just will bring me stress. It's not the kind of environment that I want to be in. So you want to be paying attention, building those relationships so that you can narrow down and you can actually work with people of value. Mm -hmm. I think the last piece of advice is don't forget that you're actually the expert, that you're actually good at what you do. Yes, they might be a big brand. Yes, they might be a big company. Yes, they might be paying you a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that you then give up your ability to communicate you give up your ability to push back you give up your ability to say actually i don't agree with that approach because people are relying on you to bring your expertise to bring your talents and to direct them in the right way so you have to remember that you are the expert here and they need to listen to what you have to say those are my three quick ones all the other ones people have to pay me to get yeah
0: I was going to say, because, you know, Afua, you do offer your time and your services um, for in terms of coaching for individuals. So how can people get in contact with you if that's what they're interested in doing and learning more? Absolutely. So
1: I actually have been I actually am excited because that playbook, I have a playbook because I know that people are like, I don't know what to do just tell me what to do. I have gone through my processes and I've put together a playbook. It's called the Partnerships Playbook to help people walk through step-by-step how to actually convert their interests and their ideas into tangible clients and long-term brand partnerships. So if you're like, you're just getting started, you're just trying to figure it out. You can actually purchase these playbooks, videos, it's, it's templates, it's toolkits, it's just follow it. Boom. You're going to be successful. So that is actually available on pre-order. And depending on when this is released, it'll be available for sale on my website at afuaosei.com. If you're like, Noah girl, just come and give me everything. Maybe you've already worked with a couple of clients and you want to get more money, or you want to build out a team to help you grow and scale. And you're like, I need one-on-one coaching. I'm more than happy to get your money. And I'm more than happy to help you do that. And you can send me an email at afua, A-F-U-A, at A4Osa.com or a DM because I'm on social media. All social media is at a4. Literally all social media. Like somebody tried to take my TikTok name and it was one of those squatters that was like, send an email to get your name. <laughs> I sent an email to the TikTok person because- Okay, because you built that you. relationship. <laughs> Come on now. I sent an email. I said, hey, Carla. <laughs> hey, Carla. um, I think this person is squatting on my name. Can you get it for me? And bam, I'm hello, A4 on all the pages. So,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: so that's what we got to do out here. So you can also just send me a DM. I'm also more than happy to chat with you about where your needs, where you're at, and really advise on the best approach for you. But I want more of us young, brown people, smart, digital experts. There are companies who make millions and millions of dollars by working with five corporate clients. And there's no reason why We shouldn't be able to do that. I get that direct-to-consumer is sexy, it's easy. You create a page, boom. You think you have access to customers, but if you're ready to scale and you want to build something more long-term, I think that corporate clients is a great addition to your business or the way to go.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love how specific you are with the solution that you're bringing. I think that is super helpful um, because it allows people to understand exactly what they're going to get from you. So. That's amazing. I'm personally excited about the playbook as well. So you'll be hearing from me um, before we conclude <clears throat> what I really wanted, uh, what I re- was really hoping to tap into, which is something that I hope to get from all of my guests that have worked on the continent and worked in different markets is particular advice about doing so. So we touched on it earlier, you know, you, w- you were working and living in Nigeria. You also built, built business in, in Nigeria as well. Um, and, earlier we talked about striking that balance between being humble and being confident in your skills please share any tips for anyone who's thinking about doing the same and how they can actually break into particular markets especially um any markets that they're not familiar with like you were not familiar with Nigeria
1: yeah I think One is I don't want to downplay it. I do want to be honest and transparent and say that it is hard to move to a new country. I don't think many of us have had honest conversations with our parents. Yeah. And if your parents Mm -hmm. did actually move to the UK, to Canada, to the US, and to think about what does it mean to leave your family behind? And what does it mean to be foreign in an environment what does it mean to miss holidays with people? What does it mean to always be on alert because you sound different? And so that is real life, actual emotional type of stuff. I think we talk about the business side and I think all of that is cool and that, and that matters and whatnot. But for me, the biggest challenge was like, you are fundamentally changing everything about your life. You're doing it. You're putting yourself in a new environment and you all you can do is try your best. But you really need a supportive, supportive community to just remind you that it'll be okay. Cause there will be lots of times when you're confused. You're like, why did I make this decision? What it's so hot. There's no light. What am I doing here? You know, this man is creepy. Why does, you know, why did he put his feet up on my dashboard? Like, why is the food so spicy? You know, there will always be so many things that you're just like, what is happening here? And so I think the first thing is you got to recognize that it will be challenging. It's going to push you. The second part is to build community and as quickly as possible, find friends. Thankfully, I came right after business school. So there was a business school community. I also had a job. So that was, that was helpful. And so there are people there that I could connect with, but you can't do it by yourself. You can't, you will be frustrated and you will leave in months. It just, it's not worth it. I think the third thing that you want to do is you need to actually build a life. (laughs) Like what food do you like to cook? Cook that food. What activities? Do you like yoga? Do you like going to the gym? Do you like playing football? Whatever it is, you actually have to go and build a life. Because if you spend all your time complaining about how things are different, how they're not like they used to be, or how, oh, it's better here, blah, 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 you're just going to be focusing on the negativity, and you won't see any kind of new opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, I then I'd say lastly is, I don't know if money can be your main driver, because in many spaces, it will take you a decade. Yeah. It will. I mean, when we talk about there's so much opportunity in Africa, for who and from when? (laughs) For for who and from when? For what? What? This thing, people are saying it, but also those people are not your mates. Those people are 45, (laughs) they're 50, they're 60. Like, what are you talking about? And so, if money is your immediate driver, you might struggle. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are industries that are popping off, there are things that are making sense, but during the day to day, things that are challenging, if that's your core, it might be really difficult for you to stay in it. So you want to dig deeper into your values, into your skill set, into how you define impact and community change to have something else that's keeping you motivated because it will be a long haul. I mean, and lastly, you got to have fun because this yeah. thing you will be like, what? This person did what? They said a chicken is a, is a witch. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, on you enjoyed you enjoyed that for that one I know, I know yeah i love enjoyment i literally anytime <laughs> anytime somebody be trying to talk to me blah, 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 i said please i'm here for enjoyment. <laughs> i'm here for enjoyment so you also have to say hey yeah despite all these things that are tough we still have to live our lives yeah. we still have to have fun mm-hmm. if you need to travel we can't travel now but in the future travel if you need to listen to the music if you want to buy some super expensive ice cream because that's the only ice cream you like and you love it, do that thing because that's what will also just make sure that you you enjoy the small moments as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: I absolutely love that, that insight and that, that, those pieces of advice because I don't think it's things that we hear often. When I usually ask people, and they're, they're always use, useful tips, but they do focus on the business side of things and, you know, the grind and all this stuff, um, but really, on a very basic level, like you said, building the relationships, building the community, and also having fun while doing it, and also tapping into your value system, are things that we often forget. And and those are the sneaky parts of life that tend to bring you down in in the toughest times. So I love that, and thank you very much, Afua. That that is amazing. Um, so we'll just we'll just end off there then. Um, like. Like Afwa has said, you know, you can contact her by way of the mediums that she's mentioned, but I will also um, highlight those in our description so you can have all the spellings and the contact details there, but definitely get in touch with Afua if you believe that everything that she says has resonated with you and you are in a position where you want to scale up um, with corporate clients and partners. But we'll end off there. Thank you very much, Afwa. Thank you for the opportunity and shout
1: out to everybody listening. You know, this thing is hard trying to figure out where you want to go, where you're supposed
0: to be. Take your time. It'll be fine. Just yeah. Enjoy yourself. Love that. Enjoyment. Hashtag enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. On this season of Diaspora Talks, I'll be sharing even more stories of African founders, as well as exploring topics that are important to us as Africans in the diaspora. Next week, I'll be discussing Africa's tourism industry with the founder of A Way to Africa a destination management company looking to change the narrative around traveling in Africa.